Let's jump into today's topic. We've been in a series on wisdom, and we've called it Grounded because the heartbeat of this series is to really dig into some wisdom in the scripture, but not just particular aspects of life, but kind of the whole idea of of how uh, the wisdom in scripture and God's wisdom wants to penetrate our hearts, open up our imagination, help us live lives that not only please God, but live lives that, you know, we talked about the art of, of living skillfully. That was one definition we used from Eugene Peterson last week. And as we jump today, we're going to take a little bit of a shift. And here's the focus for today. The focus is really trying to discern what we trust in. And there's this line on the screen, uh, just the, the next phrase that I wrote out, that I think is helpful for us, that the wisdom you rely on is reflected in whatever you put your trust in. The wisdom you rely on is reflected in whatever you put your trust in. In other words, whatever wisdom you use or I use to make a decision is ultimately the wisdom we trust. We can talk about theories. We can talk about, uh, you know, ideas. We can talk about truth. But really, how we live, choose to live our lives reflects the wisdom we actually put our trust in. Couple of, well, a couple of years ago, 20 years ago, actually, uh, this year, my wife and I went on, uh, on our honeymoon. So we were going to choose to go on a honeymoon, and we, we chose to go to the beautiful part of the world called Cuba. So we, um, we booked this, this trip, and we booked this, uh, this time there. And uh, I remember we were talking with some friends at an event, and a couple of people said... Um, so how are you getting there? I said, well, by plane, obviously. And, but, but I said, no, but they said, like, what airline? I said, I'm not sure. They're like, it's not Cubana Air, is it? And I'm like, why do you ask that with such, you know, kind of hesitancy in your voice? And uh, so I said, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think actually the whole package is Cubana Air. They're like, oh, my God. And now they start telling me these, these horror stories of this airline, you know. Nothing bad with, you know, Cubans or Cuba, the country. It's awesome. But they were talking about the airline. I'm like, well, what are you, what's, what's your deal? Well, you know, I mean, I've read that they use old Russian parts to repair it. And this, I'm like, stop telling me this three weeks before we have to, you know, go on this plane. So, so my wife and I was like, whatever. So we, we obviously, we took this trip and we're still around today. So we're Okay. When we stepped on the plane, right? We stepped on that plane. We put our trust in that airline, right? Regardless of what we thought or what others said or whatever decisions were made, we ultimately put our trust in that airline. I believed, we believed the plane would work, that the pilot was certified and that we would land. And it happened, right? It was a little noisy. I heard more air than in other airlines for some reason. And uh, the tray for my food kept jumping back and forth. But besides that, we were okay. So... Here's the thing, regardless of what others said or what fear someone might have put in me, I ultimately, my actions reflected whatever I put my trust in, right? Now, to this day, some people might say, that's the craziest risk of your life. Oh, really, it wasn't, but it really wasn't. But it's that whole idea. And here's, here's the key. The key in growing in wisdom means learning who and what to trust. Sometimes we don't have time to make a decision like that. Sometimes we do. But ultimately, the key in wisdom, one of the hearts of wisdom, is really who and what we put our trust in. There's a a couple of verses from Proverbs I want to focus on. And if you're on our email list, I kind of highlighted that this is probably the two phrases in in the book of Proverbs that come to the heart of what biblical wisdom is and the heart of God's wisdom for us. And it's, it's this phrase. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding... 
In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. I'm going to read this again because I think this is one of those, you know when people say, hey, there's some Bible verses you should memorize? This is one, two verses in the scripture that we should all put to memory. That, like last week we said, the, heart, the, the idea of wisdom is not that we just learn wise things, that we become wise people, that wisdom would enter our hearts. One of the ways we can do that is taking verses like this and just becoming immersed with them. And so I'm going to read it one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. This is such a key verse for understanding wisdom in all of Scripture, but particularly in Proverbs. Now, the context of chapter 3, we're not going to read the whole thing, is that wisdom guides us to a life of well-being. If you read through that, you can kind of get a sense from that. It's not a richer life, a cooler life, a, a more famous life, or getting clicks on YouTube, but the idea of well-being, the idea of living well, the kind of life that humanity longs for, that our souls long for, that's the heart of chapter three. And then this nugget of truth right in the middle of it. And here's a question as our hearts long for this, as humanity longs for this, as, as we search the scriptures for this, this big question is this, what do you lean on? What do you put your trust in? What source of wisdom do you put your trust in to live your life? We said this phrase from Peterson, right? That wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever situation you find yourself in. If that's true, if that's true, my phone is actually ringing. That is so weird. You just kind of put that. <laughs> um, if that's true, each of those situations will require you or me to lean on some kind of wisdom. Whatever situation you find yourself in, whatever decision you're in the middle of making, whatever season of life will require you to lean on some kind of a wisdom. Let's say you're a girl here and you have this first date with a guy and you're sitting there and you're deciding in that evening how much to let this person in your life. Wisdom A says, if I don't tell him everything, if I don't blurt out my life, if I don't have my heart on my sleeve tonight, maybe he won't be interested. And wisdom B says, well, since I really don't know where this is headed and I might never see this person again, maybe I'll just share this much, right? So those are two sets of wisdoms, two, I, two, two ways you can go, two kinds of wisdoms that you can put your trust in, right? You're buying a car and you're deciding how much extras you can afford. And wisdom A says, you know, bite the bullet, look great, blow your budget, Right? The other wisdom says, I'm going to figure how much I can afford within my means and I'm going to drop what I don't need in the extras, right? That's two things that you can put, two ways of wisdom that you can put your trust in. And every day we're making decisions that lean on some kind of wisdom. Every day, every season, every turn in our life. And Proverbs 3 shows us these two kinds of wisdoms. Proverbs 3 is really clear. Verse 5 just comes right out in the open and says it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Those are two kinds of wisdoms. Wisdom A, trust in the Lord. Wisdom B, trust in your own understanding. Two sources we can put our trust in. The call from this proverb is trust in God with all your heart. The alternate is trust 
only in your own understanding. I don't know about you, but my default, my default is my own understanding. Even when I get wisdom from other places, I tend in my own human way on a default on my own understanding. It's the usual process of trusting yourself, right? And how many of us make lists when we have to make a decision? We like put these, the pros and cons. This is, this is a good part of this. This is a bad part of this. It could go this way. It could go that way. Maybe we make lists that way. Maybe we call a friend and say, what do you think about this? I need some input. And so that's your source of, of wisdom. Maybe you Google advice or I see so many people these days, they pull out their phone and they're holding it and they're like, hi Siri, should I date this guy from Toronto? Right? Like, <laughs> And, and so, so the, you know, it's, it's this kind of way, this default. We, we, we're searching everywhere, but we tend to come to our own understanding at times. I was reading this article from Atlantic Monthly, completely separate topic, actually a very difficult and delicate topic. It was the cover of Atlantic Monthly a few months ago was transgenderism. And, and as much as it's a delicate topic, and it's not a topic we're getting into today. There was this surprising discovery in this article that the people that they were highlighting and the stories they were sharing, the major influence or source of information or advice that the people who were wrestling with this went to for wisdom. You know what the, you know what the number one source, if you read the article, that, that many people who were walking through this and trying to discern through this, you know what the number one source was for their info? Any guess? YouTube. YouTube was the number one source I'm wrestling with this. I don't know what to do with this. I'm not sure. I wonder who I can turn to. And where, where are they turning to YouTube? Now, I'm not saying that YouTube has nothing good on it, but that's a pretty shallow source for wisdom, right? It's not a scientific study or a wise mentor or a well-researched, some well-researched experience or loving community. No, it's, it's YouTube. And the point that I make when I think about just this article is that our sources for wisdom can be so shallow and so weak and so light. And unfortunately, the usual default, even when we look for wisdom, is our own opinion. Because our wants and desires and assumptions and presuppositions and cultural influences... And what we talked about at lunch with our friends becomes what makes up our own understanding. And unfortunately, the, the underlying decision behind lots of our decisions, our underlying kind of goal, is etched right into the actual American Constitution, the pursuit of happiness. That if we could be happy right now in this moment, what can I decide right now? And unfortunately, we make these decisions or base it on those kind of outcomes. What will make me happy right now? And I was thinking about maybe some categories of, of, of us, and me included, of, of what, you know, how we lean on our own understanding and maybe what it might look like. And here's, here's, a couple, here's just three of them. What a lean on you or lean on me type of mindset might look like. The first is, is that I think I'm more wise than anybody else. The kind of like lean on your own understanding category is like I'm wiser than anybody else. I felt that, I'll be honest. I've been in a room with people or listening to wisdom or sometimes reading something and it, it came up this week. I was reading something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, I actually feel like that. They're exposing something that's true about me. And part of me wanted this, part of me inside was like, I'm, I'm smarter than that. I'm smarter than what they're saying. I knew that there was, 
I was going to wrestle that to the ground and probably lose. But, I, but, my, but my, my heart was saying, I'm smarter than that. I'm wiser than that. That's one category. The other category is you've gained some wisdom in life. You've gone through some battles. You've figured out some things. And so you gain this wisdom, and now you feel like you've arrived. And you become overly confident and say, scrap the wisdom. I've arrived. And you've gained this. In fact, verse 35, at the end of this chapter, chapter 33, it talks about how fools despise wisdom, how fools go a wayward way. And the word for fool in Hebrew there is the same word for confident, when we're overconfident. It's interesting. So we can sometimes, in a good way, gain some wisdom through good things, through bad things, through decisions, through experience, and then we feel like, oh, I've got some wisdom, so I don't need more. That's another category. I think the third category is you've achieved some success. You've made some money. You've uh, gone, you know, your career has gone well. You've maybe had some, some sense of well-being. And so this, this temptation to like, I'm here now. I don't need the wisdom that got me here. Have you ever met like someone in their career life? They worked their way in a company and then they became a manager. And, the, and as a manager, they were considerate with people and empathetic and served the, the, their coworkers and they become VP. And then as VP, they're like, they start protecting their role and protecting their position. And all of a sudden, all the wisdom that led them to this point, they completely disregard. Or maybe somebody who's grown in, in a little bit of, of, of wise wealth. You know, they've put stuff aside. They've, they've saved. They've, they haven't overspent. They've, they've even given and given generously. And all of a sudden, now it's not, you know, a hundred or a thousand dollars. It's tens or a, a couple of hundred thousand that they've, they've grown to. And all of a sudden, the years of fi- financial wisdom, and delayed gratification and discipline, it's like it just kind of goes out the door because now I've achieved this. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work off of another wisdom. Those are kind of those three categories of leaning on our own understanding. And Proverbs 26, verse 12, says it like this later on in the Proverbs. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? It says there's more hope for a fool than for them. And this is not to say that there's nothing in us that can make good decisions. But it's the contrast that the scriptures are making between trusting in God and our own understanding. And the scripture says there's a higher wisdom. There's a better wisdom. There's a more holistic wisdom. And it's God's wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now look, look at later in chapter 3 how the, the writer describes God's wisdom. It's amazing. In verse 19, by wisdom the Lord laid the foundation, the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. In other words, in, with God's wisdom, all this is set in place. So the author's saying, why would you not trust in this wisdom? Why would you lean on your own understanding? Why would you not trust in this wisdom? And, and as you read through the Proverbs, I encourage you to just read them this month and, and mark out, Uh, verses that really speak to you, we're not going to get a chance to go through them all. But here's an example of God's wisdom in chapter 16, verse uh, verse 18. It says this, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness, another kind of version of pride, before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. That's just wisdom that comes out of the scriptures, God's wisdom for us. In other words, if if you want to be prideful, beware because you're going to crash. So we we can choose now. What wisdom are we going to trust? Are we going to trust the wisdom of saying, 
oh wow, the beginning of, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, a humble and hungry heart. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Or I'm going to go the prideful way. And the Proverbs just laid out before us, which way do you want to go? What source do you want to trust? If you want to go it your way, often a lot of people that lean on their own understanding just go the prideful way. And it's, that leads them to a fall. So the call is lean not on your own understanding. Lean on his wisdom. Here's the question. How do we lean on his wisdom? And the next verse lets us in on that. Verse 6 says, in all your ways, in all our ways, in, in everything we do, in the decisions we make, in the course of our life, in, in how we view our, our friendships and relationships and families and finances and, and career and, and our character and our, and, our, and our actions and reactions, in all your ways, the call is, if we're going to trust the Lord with all our heart, in all our ways, submit to him. In all your ways, Submit to him. Man, that's a word that we hate in culture. Who, no, I mean, I don't, submit. What do you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just come down before this wisdom and say, yes, I will follow this way? It's a tough word in our culture. It's a tough, it, it rubs against our human grain. Submit to him, or some versions say, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Or we can say, surrender to him. What does that mean? To surrender, to submit to his ways. In all our ways, to submit to him means that we would actually act according to his wisdom. It's not mental. It's not like, I got this, I I read it, I took notes, I get it, it's good. No, no, it's actually submission or surrendering or acknowledging is, I'm going to act according to this wisdom. I'm going to live my life according to this. I'm going to trust that this wisdom leads to the best outcome. And I'm going to believe that his wisdom nurtures the best life. The best life. Andy Stanley describes this this way. A way we can act this out. He says, surrender before you know the outcome. Surrender before you know the outcome. In other words, it's saying yes to God's wisdom before you fully know what's going to happen. Now, in back into the, you know, the pride leads to destruction, in that moment, we might, we might say, no, 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 I got I to gotta step up here, I got to show who I am, I got to figure this out, I'm going to make this happen, and my pride is going to get me to this direction. What the scripture is saying here is, submit your ways to God, that before you know the outcome, you're going to trust his wisdom. Before you know how it's all going to turn out, you're going to trust his wisdom. That you're going to resolve to want his ways above your ways. But instead, I think we do this. I don't know about you. This, I thought about it this way. Have you ever gone like for a gelato or for an ice cream and you have no clue what the, uh, is this, I think there's a picture. You have no clue like what the, what, how it's going to taste, you know? So your friend says like, I love praline, you should get it. And you're like, I, I don't know, I never tried praline. So thankfully, they have a lot of spoons. Right now at ice cream places, aren't you grateful that they have spoons? When I see spoons, I'm like, awesome. Not only am I going to try five flavors, I'm going to get value for my money because this is like free ice cream, you know? So I just sit there. Can I try this one? And can I try this? Well, I'm not that bad. I don't, just, I don't abuse the system like that. But, um, but it's true though, right? We, we want to try first. We don't want to buy a whole ice cream cone and hate the flavor. 
We don't want to like just take the first lick and say, oh my goodness, now I got to lick it a hundred times before I'm finished, right? We don't want that to happen. We, we want to try the flavors before we buy it. And, and that, in a sense, makes sense, right? It's hard to just trust your friend because you don't know what their palate's like. like I don't know. I don't like salty. You like salty, right? So that's the thing. And then sometimes salty is not the same. Like I've had caramel salt at one place and caramel salt in another, and they're different. Anyways, but there is some wisdom in trying first, but too often that's what we do with God. We're like, I just want to spoon test your wisdom. I just want to spoon test your wisdom. I don't want to eat the whole cone. just want to spoon test it. And you try and spoon test his wisdom and you never fully go for everything. You never fully try his wisdom all the way through. And this spoon testing God's wisdom will never result in the kind of life that he longs for you. To, to, in all your ways, submit, surrender to him. Say yes to God. Don't just spoon test his wisdom. Aim to live it. Here's a couple of examples from Proverbs. Again, chapter 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, I know there's so many of us in the moment, the harsh word feels amazing, right? Even before we say the harsh word, we envision our harsh word coming out and destroying the person in front of us and thinking we're going to win. That's just, right? But the, the wisdom, God's wisdom here is saying, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So to submit all your ways to him, to surrender, to say yes before you know the outcome is to actually the next time you're in an argument, the next time something comes against you or someone comes against you, why don't you test God's wisdom? Instead of a harsh response, why don't you bring gentleness to the table? And instead of just spoon testing it, like, I'm going to try that today, but I won't try it tomorrow. So you're, you're like, your ratio is like, I tried it once, it didn't work. It doesn't work 100% of the time. No, no, you say, you know what, for the next year, I'm going to bring gentleness to the table when I get wrath against me. There's a verse we looked at last week, like that an ant saves up for winter. I love, I love this verse. You know, go to the ant, consider its ways and be wise. It stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at the harvest, right? And so Solomon's looking at the ant and he's like, he's like, oh my goodness, look, at, there's wisdom in this ant. And so the ant stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So what's happening? The ant is preparing so instead of just spoon testing this wisdom, go full in. And so the next time you have a big expense, instead of just saying, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's going to work out. It's going to be fine. I'm going to just put on my credit card. We're going to have fun. And then I come back and it's like you live in 13 months of debt. Right? Well, this wisdom from God says, hey, next time you make a big purchase, why don't you think ahead of time, start saving your money towards it, so at the end of the purchase, you live in peace. And don't just try that once, but say, I want my life to be immersed in this kind of wisdom because I trust God's wisdom, and I don't want to just lean on my own understanding. And see if your well-being goes up. See if your well-being goes up. Now, here's something that's true. Sometimes it's going to lead to tension. Following God's wisdom, not leaning on your own understanding, sometimes it's going to lead to tension in our world. Sometimes it's going to lead to tension because of our friends. Sometimes it's going to lead to tension even with your own understanding. 
Sometimes that will happen. In fact, sometimes following God's wisdom might be painful for the first little while before it turns into joyful. Sometimes it's purposeful for what God wants to do in your life. And sometimes people won't understand. And sometimes people won't get it. And sometimes culture speaks against it. And sometimes when you're sitting there and all your friends are deciding to do something and going back to the end situation, you're like, you know what? We haven't really prepared for this. I think we're going to hold off. If you guys do it in six months, we're in. And they're like, come on, don't be an idiot. Please, you're going you're to be fine. It's good. And you say, no, no, you know what that's going to do? Your friends are going to be like, you're such a bummer. You suck. Right? It's going to, and that's going to happen. Sometimes it's going to lead to tension. This uh, Old Testament scholar, John Golden Gate, he says, trust in God can look stupid, but it actually is the most sensible thing in the world. To some people, trust in God might look silly, might look outdated, might feel countercultural, but it's the most sensible thing in the world. And here's, here's the promise. Love this promise at the end, the end of verse six. It says that he will make your paths straight. He will make your paths straight. Some versions say he will direct your path. He will give you guidance for your day and for your life and for your decisions. Now, straight paths or making a path straight does not mean it's a perfect path. It does not mean that nothing will ever go wrong. It does not mean that your whole life is going to be filled with health and wealth. But it, it's, it's talking about well-being. It's talking about a life that honors God and other people. It's talking about a life void of unnecessary pain. Sometimes pain happens just because pain happens. Sometimes circumstances happen because circumstances happen. Sometimes we make, mistake, even make mistakes in the best of wisdom. Sometimes you read the book of Job. Job says sometimes wisdom in the best situations don't pan out. Doesn't mean that we're going to avoid all suffering. But it's a life of void of unnecessary pain when we follow it. It's not a perfectly curated life. And not everyone will like you. And it doesn't mean you're going to be the wealthiest and most famous. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. When we trust this way, the promise is God will invade every de- all the details of our lives. God wants to invade the details of our lives. Who wants that for your family and your relationships and your interactions and your career and your finances and your attitude and your character. And here's the beauty. When we trust him, when you trust him, and when we stop leaning merely in our own understanding and we begin to act on his wisdom rather than our own, we submit to him. Submit to his wisdom. This is beautiful. What happens is we give God this just this open door. This open door. God, you're welcome in my life. God, you can be involved in every detail of my life. I want your wisdom in my life. When we trust in God with all our heart, lean not on our understand, lean not on our own understanding. When in all our ways we submit to him, we open the door fully. We say, God, we want you to be, I want you to be part of all my life. And I encourage you, do that and watch how the Lord leads you. Watch how the Lord guides you. Watch how he's involved in the details of your life. We're going to wrap up and close, and I'm going to leave you with two questions to think about this week and to pray through. And I encourage you to read Proverbs 3 uh, and specifically those two verses to put them to memory. They're simple and short. 
and someone's calling us right now, but here, here's the two questions to uh, leave you with. Think about, pray through this week. Just ask yourself, be utterly honest, utterly honest when you're, when you're on your own, when you're with your journal, when you're praying, when you're taking a walk. Ask yourself this question, what do I trust? What do I lean on ultimately? Not, not what do you want to trust, not I get what the scripture says, not you know, what I hope to trust in, what do you actually trust in? Like, reflect on your decisions. Reflect on the choices you've been making lately. Reflect on some of the things you're doing. And then ask yourself yourself this question, what do I really trust in? Who do I really trust in? So ask yourself that question. Then the last question to think about and pray through is, where do you, where do I need to trust God's wisdom right now? I mean, I don't know. There's so many of us in this room, and, and it could be something you're going through with a family member. It could be something you're walking through financially. It could be something you're going through with a neighbor. It could be something at work. It could be something you're starting to understand about your personality. I'm not sure what it is, but to ask the question and invite the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and ask, where do I need to trust God's wisdom right now? And remember, it's not just, um, what do I need to know about God's wisdom? It's how can I trust God's wisdom? And trusting is always acting. Where do I need to act according to God's wisdom? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that we um, get to benefit from the blessing of your wisdom available, accessible to us. And ultimately, God, in this call, in Proverbs 3, is a call to recognize you and your son Jesus as Lord and the power of your Holy Spirit, we ultimately put our trust in you and trust your authority. God, we thank you that you you make your wisdom available to us. We thank you for showing us the difference between your wisdom and often our own understanding or culture's understanding. God, I pray that as as your spirit works in us and reminds us of things or points some things out in our life right now, that you would give us the grace and the courage, maybe the discipline, the boldness, not just to recognize what your wisdom is saying, but to act on it. So God, we together, just collectively, we bow our hearts before you. We say we do submit to you in all of our ways. We long to be people. We long to be a church that says yes to you without knowing the full outcome yet. Because we trust you. We know that you're good. We know that you're loving. We know that you long for good for us. That you intend a life for us that is more than we can even imagine. And so we say yes to your wisdom some people right now that are wrestling with some particular parts of their life, God. May you help them find, discover, and, and invite, and then commit to your wisdom. We welcome your Holy Spirit to help us do that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.